Welcome to Victory Church. Today is February 23rd, our worship service number 177 or 78. I forgot. 78. That's a beautiful picture of Prissy Chad. Let's give thanks to the good Lord. Do you want to join me in prayer? Dear Lord, thank you for your love and your mercy. Thank you, Father, that you bless us with life. We are alive, Lord. We thank you for the blessing, Lord, to have you as our God, our Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord. Amen.
your grace. God, I need it every day. It's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change. I don't want to abuse your grace. God, I need it every day. It's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change. I don't want to abuse your grace. God, I it's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change. I don't want to abuse your grace. God, I need it every day. It's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change your forgiveness. It's like sweet, sweet honey. Thank you. 
is it possible that being ourselves sinners, thinking the kind of things that we think, saying the kind of things we say, acting the way that we act sometimes, irrationally, or so childish, or selfish, so worldly, how can it be that God anyways accepts us? We know it's because of His grace. It's amazing grace. What if we lift up our hands and we say to Him, Thank you, Lord, for your amazing grace. Thank you, Lord, because we don't deserve to be even alive or to be forgiven. And yet, you ex extend your hands of mercy to us, Lord. My chains are gone. Sing with me. I've been set free. My God, my Savior has ransomed me. And like a flood, His mercy reigns. Unending love. Amazing. your forgiveness one more time Lord we receive your peace and we thank you Lord for the great things you do for us the Lord has promised good to me his word my hope secures yes Lord he will my shield and portion me Jesus. 
Let's give a hand to our Lord God and all together say, one, two, three, victory. Yay, Lord. message today, What's in Heaven, Part 3. To our viewers, we invite you to go to the website and download the bulletin. It is available already. And thank you, Sebastian, for doing such a phenomenal job in all the IT work you are doing. Thank you so much. All right. As you know, two weeks ago, on the 9th of February, we did the service, What's in Heaven, Part 1. We talk only about Old Testament scriptures. And then the next week, which was last Sunday, we, we did part two on February 16th, service 177. It was good part of New Testament scriptures. We talk about the new body that we will have. Are you excited about that? Oh, I cannot wait. You know, I was just thinking the other day, you know, my legs are so skinny. You know, all my life, my legs have been so skinny. It's, path it's pathetic. Pathetic, you know, when I play soccer, you know, I always put the, the, the socks all the way to my knees because I was embarrassed and the shorts were long shorts, you know. <laughs> it was, but I was just thinking, you know, maybe that's my deal. I don't know what's your deal, but imagine in heaven we will have a new body. It's going to be nice. I will have nice legs there, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but today we will do part number three and basically is the final battle. The final battle. Well, let me ask you this question. When it's about winning and losing, what's your position? You just don't care? Or you are like, yeah, you know, I don't mind. I, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Or you are like, oh, there is no way that I'm going to lose. I have to win. What kind of person are you? You, you like to win? Well, I, I have news for you. You are on the right side. You are on the side of the winner, the champion, the good Lord God Almighty. And today we're going to see that final battle, battle, how he won the victory in the name of Jesus. That's right. Here we are in Revelation chapter 12, verses 7 through 8. The scripture declares, there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. The dragon and his angels fought back. Let's read all together, please. But they were not strong enough. Isn't it great? The enemy is not strong enough. Okay, friends, listen, this is very important. Listen, this is very, very important. You have to see it exactly as the scripture declares. The enemy is not strong enough. Not in your life, not in the life of your children, not in your business, not in your finances, not in your health. It's not strong enough. The enemy cannot destroy you. It's not going to win. It's not strong enough. The one that is strong is the good Lord. A lot of people all the time are saying, you know, I cannot do this because the devil does, because the enemy is doing this to me. And, and they are just making a statement sound like uh, it's so strong the enemy that they cannot overcome. And you know what? That's not biblical. I'm sorry, but it's not biblical. It's the opposite. The enemy is not strong enough. So you can overcome. You can do it. Revelation 12.10, it says... A loud voice in heaven said, The victory and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah have now come. The accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown out. And here is one thing that you need to be aware of. It, is that the main thing that the enemy is doing all the time against you is to accuse you. Okay. So, let's see the facts. We do something wrong. Before we became a, a believers, we lived a wrong lifestyle. We did many things that were not pleasing in the eyes of God. So, here's the enemy of our souls accusing us 
and pointing out, look, this is what such and such person has done. A, B, C, D, the whole alphabet, right? And here we are, we are standing like, oh boy, that's bad, you know? We know we did it and we feel bad about it. Therefore, we are charged. We say, how can I get out of here? That's a big problem. Here is when we know that the Savior of our souls, the Lord Jesus Christ, his sacrificial death, his blood, is the one that gives you the victory. It's not that we will say, wait a minute, wait a minute, Your Honor. All that the accuser is telling about me is not true because I have done these good things, you know? No, that's not the way to, to win this trial. No, it's the opposite. We say, Your Honor, I, I confess, I admit, I have done wrong things in my life. But here is my attorney. <laughs> And my attorney gave his life for me. He is the one defending me. That is the way that you win the trial, you see? It's not debating with the accuser. It's to pointing out everything in behalf of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you just say, you know what? It's true. I have done many bad things in my life. But here is my Lord Jesus, who gave his life for me and washed away all my sins with his power, with his mercy. So we, we become believers and we are free. Please say with me, as a believer, I am free. I'm not guilty. Okay, let's say it again. As a believer, I am free. I am not guilty. And that is something that you need to say constantly. Especially when it's yourself the one is accusing you for things you are doing. Because the worst accuser is not the enemy himself. It's your own conscience sometimes. You're just saying to yourself, don't forget you have this done. That is wrong. Don't forget this one. Don't forget this one. Don't forget this one. And at the end, how do you feel? Defeated. You're like, yeah, you're right. I'm such a bad person. No, you are not such a bad person. Stop saying that. Well, Gian, but I am imperfect. Of course you are imperfect. I, I am not there yet. Where, where is there? I want to know. People are saying that all the time. I'm not there yet. Where is there? Why do they say that? There. Listen, there are just two status here. You are guilty or not guilty. You are blessed or you are not blessed. You are forgiven or you are not forgiven. Which one is your case? I'm not guilty. I'm free. I'm blessed. I'm forgiven. Period. End of the case. So you have to be aware of this because it's a trick from the enemy all the time trying to make you feel bad about yourself. About this, about this, this, this. It's a long list. Isn't it true? It's a long list. And you are trying to overcome by saying, oh, no, no, this is not true. I'm going to do this. I'm going to change here. Listen, the power of our victory is not in what we do. The power of our victory is, victory is on what he has done. He gave his life, his blood. Done deal. I'm forgiven by grace. That doesn't mean that you are going to go and do crazy things. Oh, I'm forgiven, so I can do whatever I want. No, that's not the case here. But let's continue reading this. In Revelation 14, 13, it says, A voice in heaven said, Write this. <laughs> From now on, there are great blessings for those who belong to the Lord when they die. Here's the other fear of many, many people. They say, is, is it really true? Am I going somewhere when I die? What, what is going to happen to me? Listen, great blessings belong for those who belong to the Lord when they die. There are great blessings for you. Do you believe that? 
Do you believe in the great blessings for you? You picture that and you say, Lord, you have great blessings for me. Do you realize that poverty is not a financial economic status? Poverty is a mental status. Do you realize that? So many people have stuff, but they are poor mentally. They cannot enjoy what they have. They cannot believe that tomorrow they will have again a cup of coffee for breakfast. You see, it's because it's a projection, it's a projection in their mind. Don't make that mistake. Don't make that mistake. Stop being frightened about the future. Stop it. But the economy, listen, things are changing. Well, of course everything is changing. Of course you have to pay attention to your business, to your education, to whatever you have to do, your health, etc. Yeah. But the most important thing is not that. The most important thing is faith. That's what really matters, my friend. Because I have news for you. One way or other, you're going to die. Now or in 20 years, you're going to die. Your body's going to stop working. Yeah. Who cares? Because out there in eternity, there's where you need to put your eyes on. Huh. If I die today or in 20 years or in 50 years or in 70 years, who cares? I was nine years old. My friends in the neighborhood said to me, well, you are a good soccer player. Do you want to be part of this team? We are going to enroll in this league. And it was a Catholic league. And I said, sure. All the kids, you know, back in the day, you take the bus. We were not entitled like these kids today. You know, kids today, they cannot walk a block. They text you, come and get me, they say. Lazy kids. They, and the parents are so frightened. Oh, no, one block to walk. Oh, something can happen to you. My goodness. In our days, you know, during our childhood, we walk. We, we took the bus. Five cents is what we paid. We went to the fields where the league was being played. But you know what? It was a procedure. Those Catholic priests, they say, all kids that are going to play before they need to go to the service. And here we are, all of us kids, going through their service. I was nine years old. I'm 56. So that was how many years ago? 47. 47? Thank you. 47 years ago. Now listen to this. Cristo, ten piedad, ten piedad de nosotros. Cristo, ten piedad, ten piedad de nosotros. You know what is that? It's the song that they were singing on Saturday afternoons in that service. I went to play soccer, but guess what? The seed was planted in me. Christ, show pity on me. Show mercy on me. Be compassionate. The seed was planted. Here I am serving God because people planted the seed on me. Stop being frightened. It doesn't matter when you're going to die. It doesn't matter. What matters is that you will be there in the presence of God. And that is why we have to do great things for people here. Like Tony right now. Teaching to the children. That's great. Every single thing we do here in the church. For, for the young ones. For the little ones. For the ones that are out there. For the ones without a vehicle that we come and pick them up. Those are great things, my friends. The fact that we can broadcast this service. And share with people everywhere online. There is hope in the name of Jesus. Because from now on, there are great blessings for those who belong to the Lord when they die. So if you are watching, you will be never able to go to the church because your body is so messed up and you are about to die. I have great news for you. 
you will be in heaven to see all these things that we are studying here. Revelation 19, verses 6 and 8. I heard something as loud as crashing waves or claps of thunder. The people were saying, Hallelujah! Our Lord God rules. He is the Almighty. Let us rejoice and be happy and give God glory because the wedding of the Lamb has come. Who is the Lamb? The Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lamb's bride has made herself ready. Who is the Lamb's bride? The church. Fine linen was given to the bride for her to wear. It was bright and clean. The fine linen means the good things that God's holy people did. But what is the point of behaving? I want to know. If we are saved by grace... If it doesn't matter what we have done because the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ will wash away, will wash away all our sins and we are forgiven regardless what kind of lifestyle we had. So what is the point of behaving? Well, let me tell you, there are many wonderful things that you will see in heaven. There are rewards, but especially this. The fine linen means the good things that God's holy people did. You know, when you see somebody in need and you just do a little thing for this person, whatever is what you can do for somebody, a little thing, you know, probably is little for you. You don't know the impact in that person's life. You just don't know. But every single good action in your home with your family members, the consistency of yourself doing right. That's the fine linen given to the bride. We will be there, my friends. Are you going to be there with me? Are you coming with me to the wedding? The wedding, you know what? I love weddings. I love the cake in a wedding. I don't know why, but I always like the, way, the, the cake in the wedding. They are special, I think. I don't know. But weddings are beautiful. And you tell me, listen, we pay attention to the groom. Oh, nice suit, buddy. Oh, you shaved. Oh, your mustache. Oh, your hair. Whatever. You know, we say things like that. But you know what? The eyes are not on the, on the guy. No. Nobody is really paying too much attention to the guy. Everyone is looking at the bride. Everyone. And they start to look at her hair, her earrings, the makeup, the dress, the nails, the uh, rings, and then all the way down to the shoes and the toenails. And this is what people do. They are just looking at the bride. You know what? We are the bride of the Lord God Almighty, the church. We will be there resplendent, ready to embrace our Lord God, oh, I cannot wait to be there, my friends. That is going to be awesome. And the cake, oh, well, the rest of the celebrations. Oof, I'm excited. Then I saw heaven open, Revelation 19, 11, 12. There before me was a white horse. The rider on the horse was called faithful and true because he is right in his judging and in making war. His eyes were like burning fire. He had many crowns on his head. A name was written on him, but he was the only one who knew its meaning. The rider and the white horse. You know, there are many wonderful vehicles we can build. You know, the new cars, I, I think they are very, very nice vehicles with apps and all that and motorcycles and airplanes and all kind of gadgets out there. But honestly, you know, when you see someone riding a horse, it's just something else. It's the domain this rider has on the horse. Don't, don't you love the smell of the horses? And the, the, the sounds, you know, and the muscles and all that. And imagine the Lord Jesus there riding the white horse. You can, can you imagine the kind of horse? Can you imagine that kind of horse the Lord has there? It's not any horse. 
Tina, it's not any horse. That's a the white horse of the Lord Jesus. I can imagine all the details of that horse, the strength, the elegance of the animal, and the Lord riding. Ah, so distinguished. And his name, it says, the, and the rider on the horse was called Faithful and True, because he is faithful and true to you. The Lord is so faithful to you, and he is true. Revelation 19, 13, 14, the Lord, the rider, was dressed in a robe deep in blood, and he was called the Word of God. Now listen to this. The armies of heaven were following the rider on the white horse. They were also riding white horses. They were dressed in fine linen, white and clean. So the armies of heaven. You see, I, I love white. This is my favorite color. But you see again the white horse. And guess what? We all are riding white horses there. The armies of heaven following our leader. You know what? There is leadership in this world. Of course it is. And you perform a sort of leadership in your circle. Your circle of influence. Your family. Your friends. Your neighbors. Co-workers. Yes, indeed. You perform a level of leadership in your work, life, whatever. And there are many leaders in the world, politicians, in temporary positions, entrepreneurs, athletes. Yes, there are leaders in the church, famous guys there and girls now, writing books, great TV shows with thousands of people getting together to listen to their speeches in the stadiums. Coliseums, arenas, and they are popular and followed. But guess what? <laughs> Unfortunately, many of those people, all those categories that I listed, are wrong because they are putting their eyes on that individual. And that is a terrible mistake. Because there is no way that you can put your hope in one man or women. That is just wrong. Your hope must be in the name of Jesus. Yes, indeed, there are leaders that we can give them an applause and say, good job. There are people that make an influence in our lives and we say, thanks to this person I can do this and I learned this. Great. But that is something that we need to be careful. And I am the one Saying this to you because I have to be absolutely careful of not imposing my persona in anybody. Look at me. Look at me. Be like me. Think like me. No. I don't want that. I don't want you to be like me. I don't want you to think like me. I don't want anybody to be a bad copy of myself. I don't want that. I want you to put your eyes in the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, we can admire our leaders. We can honor them and be loyal to them. That is positive. But no, the true worship must go to the only one who gave his life for us. There is no way that we are going to overcome difficulties in life by putting our faith in people. Not even a president. We will not overcome problems by putting our faith in people. We can't do that. All the armies of heaven were following the rider on the white horse. We just do what he says. Yes, Lord God. Yes, Jesus. You are the one to be adored. No anyone else. Revelation 19, 15 to 16. A sharp sword came out of the rider's mouth. A sword that he would use to defeat the nations. On his robe and on his leg was written this name. King of kings 
and Lord of Lords. You see this robe that was dipped on blood? It has something written on his leg as well. King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The winner, the champion, the wonderful Lord God. Revelation 19, 19 through 21. The armies of the beast and the rulers of the earth were gathered together to make war against the rider on the horse and his army. But the beast was captured and the false prophet was also captured. He tricked those who had the mark of the beast and worshiped its idol. The false prophet and the beast were thrown alive into the lake of fire that burns with sulfur. Their armies were, were killed with the sword that came out of the mouth of the rider on the horse. Yes, the Lord Jesus will give you peace all the time. You can find in, in the Lord Jesus that peace that you need in the night. Like Ronnie shared the testimony earlier with us. He said, that night I was overwhelmed. There, there were so many thoughts. I just couldn't even process what I was really trying to think. And I needed to rest. I needed peace, he said. And I said, a prayer. Dear God, replace all these thoughts with you. Please fill me with you. He said, and the next thought that I had is when I woke up. The Lord Jesus gave him peace. He can do that to you. In the hospital, when you are hearing the news, my friend, that someone in your family has cancer or something else, and you are just so concerned about the situation, you are thinking, it's going to die. What are we going to do if he dies, if she dies? Yes, in those moments, the Lord Jesus will give you peace. When you see the number of bills, and you calculate the total that you have to pay, and then you compare with your income, and you say, how can I make it? Then in those moments, the Lord Jesus will give you peace. But I want you to know this, that although he is prince of peace, he is strong, and he is brave, and he knows how to defeat the enemy. Oh, I love that. I love that very much. Because if there is something that I can't stand in someone, is that that person that is in position of authority to be weak, to be a crybaby. That's why I encourage all men in the world, especially in Odessa, particularly here in the church and everyone who listens. If you are a man, be a man. Act like a man. Lead your wife. Lead your children. Tell them the truth. With love. But be a man. You cannot be a crybaby, a wimp. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. That's terrible. And you know what? The first thing that you need to do as a leader in your home is to worship God and to come to church. Because there is when you're going to get the strength that you need. You know why so many men are so weak? It's because they don't seek God. They are not reading the, the word of God. That's why they find the refuge in what? Alcohol and drugs. Other women, bars, and doing all kind of wrong things that they affect even worse their situation. And they lose respect in their home. Then everyone in the house is looking at them like, uh. And what about women? They also need to be strong. Women need to be strong. When things are going bad, they say, wait a minute, wait a minute. And you go to your private room on your knees. Dear Lord, help me. Protect me, Lord. I don't know. I don't have a man. But you are my man, Lord. You are my rock. Protect me, save me, give me the strength. And then you go out. So what you were saying? And you will confront people. That's the Christian character. Stop with that lie that being a Christian means that you're going to be a wimp. That's not true. It's not in the scripture. Who wants a wimp in his team? Imagine 
We have a team. Whatever sport it is. And it's your turn to do whatever is what we do. And then you are like, I'm not sure if I can do this. <laughs> oh, gosh. What you will say? You will say, get, get rid of that person. We don't, need the, we don't need somebody like that. You see? You have to be strong. And you have the example in the Lord Jesus. Yes, he was. He offered his life in a sacrificial death. But he has risen. He is alive and he's victorious. And that day, you will see it in heaven. He is riding that white horse with so much power and dominion. This sword coming out of his mouth, his eyes are bright like flames of fire. And when the, the beast and the rulers of the earth and the false prophet tried to come against him, he would just go, woohoo! Here we go, bye. But it's boom. He will defeat him. You will see the great victory of the Lord. You will see everything that you have always dreamed. To see the Lord Jesus beating up devil, the devil, Satan, the beast, the false prophet, the evil. You will see it. How the Lord Jesus is going to show to everybody his power. And you will say, I waited all my life. For this moment. I waited all my life to see this moment. And the false prophet and the beast were thrown alive into the lake of fire. All the armies were killed. By the sword of the rider on the horse. Revelation 20, 19, 10. I saw Satan's army march across the earth and gather around the camp of God's people. And the city that God loves. <laughs> Yes, he will try. But listen to this. But fire came down from heaven and destroyed Satan's army. Satan was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur with the beast and the false prophet. They were, would be tortured day and night forever and ever. What a battle in heaven. You will see it. You will be amazed with the victory. And you will say, thank you, Lord. I saw for many years, during my lifetime on earth, injustices, I saw many children being abused by evildoers. I saw many poor people being enslaved by nasty individuals. I saw the evil in the drug world. I saw the evil in politics. I saw the evil in my town. I saw Satan attacking God's people. I saw how many Christians were killed. I saw those shootings in churches. I saw that. And I was angry many times, Lord, thinking, when, God, when you are going to show up and show your power? I'm glad, Lord, I can see it. Now, you will witness the great victory of God. You will see it and you will be clapping and just cheering him up and say, Yay, Lord, you did it. The final battle, Revelation 20, 11 and 12. I, then I saw a large white throne. I saw the one who was sitting on the throne. Earth and heaven ran away from him and disappeared. And I saw those who had died, great and small, standing before the throne. Some books were open and another book was open, the book of life. The people were judged by what they had done, which is written in the books. You see, at the end, it's not what we say, it's what we do. The people were judged by what they have done, written, which is written in the books. In that judgment of the white throne, you will see tremendous things happening. And I just wonder for a moment. How would you respond when they call your name and they open the books and they say, okay, let's read what this person has done. And they open the books. And you know, the books in heaven, they are not like the books here. The books in heaven are much better, you know. I, I picture the books in heaven are better than digital books. I mean, you open the book. And you know, probably somebody touches something and there is a screen there, you know, it's like a 360 degree screen, you know, like a, 
with old images, pictures, things that you have said, the testimony of your life. When everyone in the group of friends you had were going out to do what is wrong on a Friday night, you stayed home and you said, I'm not going to do that. When so many people said, I'd rather to not go to church because after all, I can just watch. And you get up and you got pretty. You fix your hair, put your outfit, get your coffee, get in the car, go to church. Written in the books. Written in the books. Every single thing you have done. Every single thing you have given. Everything. Your life. Everything in the books. Everything. After the final, final battle, you know, the Lord is now a conqueror. There is no more enemy to defeat. There is no more land to conquer. He is the winner, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Undefeated champion forever. And after that, the white throne. And then the books. In the book of life. The big question, right? Did my name written in that book of life? Did your name written there? But what happened in heaven in the establishment of the new Jerusalem? After this is when the new Jerusalem is being established. And I want to share with you that next Sunday. In March 11, service 179, part four. What's in heaven? Don't miss it. There is much more to talk about heaven. But for today, this is enough. Is it your name written in the book of life, my friend? I hope it is. But if it's not, what do we do? We surrender to God by a declaration, a prayer. Read the prayer with me. Dear God, when my time comes, I, will, I really would love to be in heaven. But today, I'm not sure if I will be there. I surrender to you, Lord God. I lift up my hands to you. I bow down before you. You are the king of the universe. Please forgive me for all my sins. I open my heart to you in the name of Jesus. I want to obey you and serve you forever, my Lord. You will be with me in heaven. We all, by faith in Jesus, we will be there in heaven. Let's all together say, I am forgiven and saved by faith in Jesus. Therefore, I can also declare, my life is going to be great and blessed this year, 2020. My friends, thank you so much for coming up to church. It was a great thing to be here today. To receive the blessing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Peace of God. Enjoy your family and friends and see you next Sunday. Bye-bye. Anytime a heart turns from darkness to light. Anytime temptation comes and someone stands to fight. Anytime somebody lives to serve and not be served. I know, I know, I know. watching Victory Church. We hope you enjoyed the video.